how washed is CP3? Have we reached the rinse cycle yet? Buddy, we are. Yeah. CP3's in the dryer. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Good Takes. My name is Ryan Jones, joined as always by the best co-host in the nation, Trey Teamer. Trey, what's going on, dude? How you doing? Not much, my friend. I assume better than you after that Eagles game. Yep, that is a uh, that is a safe assumption, I will say. But you know, gotta continue on. Yeah, there's more important things in life than sports or something. So, someone told me someone told me that once or twice so here we are to talk basketball yeah, exactly talk the uh, superior sport here uh yes it's been a couple weeks like two weeks since we recorded um but yeah we're just gonna dive right into it this uh this luka Doncic guy is pretty good i think pretty 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 Why? pretty good uh what are your uh, what are your thoughts on that? Is that a, is that divisive that I uh, that I think that? <laughs> it's kind of crazy that he's able to do this without doing this to like mid major schools last year. I don't know, like he didn't do this to, you know, Wofford or um, Hartford State, which I don't even think is real college. Um, yeah, like he's really really good. He's pretty much exactly as advertised. He's not athletic at. I mean, so this is this is where the problem kind of lies with Luca, right? He's athletic in non-conventional ways. Would you agree with that? Like, he's... Yeah, like, body control and stuff like that. But he definitely, like, doesn't have that, like, popping athleticism. And um, I think it's Mike Prada from SB Nation is very, very in on Luca's step back is just, like, as athletic as almost anybody else's, like, best move. Because, like, it's not conventional athleticism like it's not Russ jumping through the rim it's not Zion you know being Zion or LeBron attacking or whatever but it's like him and Harden are kind of like these super control like body control athletes and like I think that got kind of underrated in pre-draft evaluations Um, and I think that's why he's actually better than people like even a lot of people thought he was going to be good but not this good right away um so yeah like I, i'm super impressed with luca i think he's the real deal he's i don't know how teams pass on him like how do you think the kings feel knowing that they have marvin bagley when luca exists i don't know man it's uh it's kind of crazy because you know i i had him number one on my board i know that a lot of uh draft twitter if you will the, uh, those types of people did as well um and it really just it just kind of goes to show you that uh, you know, the the old adage that bad teams stay bad. I guess that's kind of how you can describe it. I'm not. It's not to say that I'm low on Aiton or Bagley, but it's just like where the league is go. Not even where the league is going. Like where the league has gone. Like it's not like to say that this is some new thing. Like that you need like perimeter players and stuff like that and. We, it seems like we kind of just do this like every year in the draft, like the, you know, drafting bigs who are a bit like one dimensional and stuff like that. And it's just that's just not going to help you win at the highest level unless you have a big who is 
just transcendent, which you would always just bet against that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Aiton is absolutely the guy that goes first no matter what 15 years ago. Like, no questions asked. I mean, he obviously went first this year, but there was still a lot of people who were like, oh, like, how are you going to take him over Luka? And I think both of us had Jaron Jackson Jr. over Aiton as well, and he's been spectacular. Um, wow, Jared Goff just had an absolutely awful throw. Um, Jaron Jackson was, like, super good. Like, he was a rim protector. He's kind of what everyone thought Mo Bamba would be. Like, Mo Bamba got a lot of hype pre-draft, and Jaron Jackson's, like, already what Mo Bamba was kind of projected to be as his project. And, like, I just don't know how Jaron Jackson didn't get as much love from as from NBA evaluators. Like, he still went third, but I... Fourth. 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 Wait, who went, went third? Well, third, third and... Uh, third was where the... Hawks were selected to oh, were okay. select were like slotted and then they traded okay. uh, back to five. I had that mixed up. I thought yeah. they, I thought that was four to five and the Mavericks only moved up one. But either way, like Jaron Jackson Jr. and Luca are going to separate themselves as the best players in this draft. And I I get Trey Young going that high, but like you can't legacy wise, like you can't be the team that traded Luca. Yeah, that's that's all it comes down to, and I'm. I believe that I was higher than most people were on Trey pre-draft, and I'm not some, you know, I I pretty much like hate college basketball. I watch it in the in the context of like, is this guy going to be good in the league? I'm not dissecting film, and I'm not watching a random college basketball game on a Tuesday night. Uh, you know, I, I watch tape like before the draft and stuff, so I'm not claiming to be some Twitter scout or something like that. but And I was like very, very high on Shrey. I had him third on my board. And I'm very positive on him long term, but I just would not have been the team that is, was trading Luka Doncic. It would just never happen. And not to mention the fact that... So they moved up from five to three, Dallas did. And all they did was give up a pick from next year. And they've been like good because Luca is so good they're they're gonna end up Atlanta's gonna end up with like you know realistically what like the 15th pick in the draft to like move back for that that's that's crazy yeah there's no way that I would do that like I was critical of the Kings two years ago when they kept trading down and they ended up with three first round picks like who they get Justin Jackson and Harry Giles and somebody else and it was just like what are you guys doing like stop trading the picks that like don't move down in drafts pretty much like when you're that high up it's very hard to move down especially in top loaded drafts like last year actually even last year was kind of deep um wendell carter jr went later kevin knox could be something i guess that was just nick's optimism which shay went at 13 yeah like there's there was a bunch of guys kevin herter we both liked coming into the draft like at, at least atlanta snagged him like that was good um yeah, like yeah, like if if Atlanta were to have just been picking at five, like if I know that obviously like isn't the case, but if they were just the team who is selecting at five and then made the picks that they did, I'm not the biggest Spellman guy, but if they just like took like Trey at five and took Herder, I would have loved their draft. But instead, it's like we have these two incompetent teams who are going to pass on Luca. And we're, you know, going to be put into a, you know, a gift basket to have him on our team. And then 
like, oh, no, we're just going to trade him. I mean, it's great. Like, with how good he is already, I mean, he, he's like, I mean, he's like, you know, borderline all-star good already. To think that not one but two teams passed on him and then another team traded him is just insane. And he's out here just like rinsing the Rockets last night, scoring 11 straight points in the clutch. Just, he, you know, just a special player. It's And he's just delightful to watch. I mean, he's incredible to watch. He's He's kind of different, man. Like, you look at him, and a lot of the jokes about him right now are that he's uh, bigger and, like, needs to cut the baby fat. But, like, he's already this good. And just think what he's going to be like with an NBA regimen. Like, an NBA oh, workout regimen. Dude, two, two years into a, yeah, an NBA, like, like strength and conditioning program, it's going to be insane. Like, he's not super athletic, but if his first step gets quicker, which, like, is very possible, he can become slightly more explosive, and that's all he really needs. He creates enough step or enough space on his step backs. Like, he's doing everything that he was doing in the EuroLeague to NBA guys, and it's like, this is... I Even I didn't think he was this NBA ready, and I had him... Like, I would have taken him first no matter what, and I did not expect this this quickly. Like, isn't he – he's about 20 points per game. Like, he keeps dropping 20 in games. I don't know what his average is right now. I'm honestly not sure what – I can look that up while you uh, continue. But, yeah. He's at 18. 18 points per game on 43% on the field, which is, like, not too good. But, I mean, his true shooting percentage is 56. So Yeah, which is above league average. Like, at a – yeah, 26% usage. That's, that's just ridiculous yeah. as a uh, – as someone who's this young. Yeah, I was going to say, the kid's 19. Was he the youngest kid in this draft as well? I think he was one of them, if not. One of them. I, I want to say, I think that Bagley actually might be younger than him. I could be wrong about that. I could be thinking. Right. I yeah, know Bagley's 19. Classified, but I think he was old for, like, I think he's he got held back at least once. Or went to prep school or, like, one of those. Right, things. did one of those. Yeah, I don't even know, like, what the rules are with that anymore. Uh, yeah, like Luca. Luca's absolutely for real. Um, I'm enjoying. I was gonna try and make a Luca Renaissance pun, but I, I didn't. I didn't really have one there. But yeah, the seventy, the seventy-seven. How do you feel about the seventy-seven? Oh, uh, it's terrible. It's terrible. Is, right? I mean, we don't have. We don't have to like. We you know we we give them all the props in the world. Terrible number. <laughs> absolutely. I would. I'm. I'm almost certain that was Shved's number when he played on the uh, on the Sixers. Yeah. Um, no, he was sorry, sorry. Pardon me. Shved was eighty-eight, which is like, I mean, oh, that's worse. You know, like, are you are you a like? A tight end. A, yeah, I was gonna say, are you like a deep threat receiver or something? Yikes, that's gross. He's Des Bryant out here. Um, I do want to see. I think the Mavs can, if they ever go back to the '90s throwbacks, like the Jason Kidd, Jamal Mashburn, uh, Jimmy Jackson jerseys, just those plain white ones with the little green lettering. Or yeah. the navy blue ones. I would cop a Luka Doncic jersey in that style. I'm pretty sure. And I'm not. I'm not a jersey guy by any means, but I think that just basic uh, jersey combo is fire. I guess the the next question would be, uh, when the Knicks trade Frank Nilakina, will you get a uh, jersey because they'll be uh, nice and cheap to get them like half off or something? Looking on the heartstrings early, but I guess this is fair pay. Hey, you, you open the podcast Eagles. with basically like a fair? fuck you for the Eagles. This is fair. <laughs> um, man, like, 
so I kind of got to the point where it was he got three consecutive DMP CDs, right? And I'm just like, okay, he's gone. Um, I think a lot of Knicks fans got in their heads that he was gone after the second one, and then the third one just confirmed our beliefs pretty much. And then he came in against the Nets last night. Um, record, we're, we are recording Sunday night, so Saturday night he came in against the Nets, and he's like, I guess he let a comeback. I didn't watch the game. But he led a comeback with the young kids. I think it was him, Knox, Mitchell, Robinson, Trier, and maybe Vonley. I'm not sure who the fifth guy was. Um, they led a comeback that ultimately came up short, and Frank was like plus seven in a game they lost by eight. Like, if that doesn't just prove right off the bat, like, he's a guy that should be in the rotation. Like, stop playing Emmanuel Moutier over this guy. Um, and for, the, for a while there, they were playing Trey Burke over him. It's like... This kid is, if not elite on one side of the ball, he's damn near close, and he's 20 years old. Um, I think he's one of the best perimeter defenders in the league already, and you can call me out if you think that that's wrong. No, no, I don't. I don't like for and specifically for guards. And on top of that, because like guard defense, we can we can debate the merits of guard defense and like how important it is. Obviously, like if you have a guard, it, it's better for him to be elite at offense than defense, but it's not to say that it's bad for someone to be like an elite guard defender. And guard defense takes so long to develop generally, and that's why like Frank is such an interesting and like unique player because he just got it right away. Like he basically came into the league as like a top what would you say, like top five or six, like guard defender, something like that, and then has probably improved since then. Absolutely, and like after he, just you know whatever it was eighty, you know what does he played? played ninety, games last year. yeah, and so like ninety games, twenty, yeah. Um, so like Bill Simmons halfway through last year, and I know Bill Simmons is you know the the measuring stick for these types of things, but he was like when Kyrie has the ball. There's nobody like Frank's one of the guys that I don't want on the other side. As Frank just hits a mid-range jumper in real time, and I guess is heating up because they're showing. Oh, I guess they're leading a little comeback here. Um, he said that Frank is one of the guys he doesn't want Kyrie Irving dribbling against in like in crunch time, which is like one of the highest compliments considering just how good Kyrie is. Like Kyrie almost won a championship, not by himself because LeBron was there, but he was a vital piece in beating yeah. the 73 win Warriors team. Because and as far as like isolation team. scoring from a guard is, you know, one of the probably three best in the league, maybe four. Yeah. Like he is absolutely insane. And to think that 19 year old Frank Nielakina is the guy that you don't want guarding him. Like that's almost the ultimate respect. Um, so, I don't know what it is with Knicks fans. They kind of are on the Frankish trash. But, like, just say you don't care about defense. That's all you got to do. Because if you care about defense, then you cannot, you can literally not say that Frank's trash. It doesn't make logical sense. Like, it's not sound logic at all. So, I mean, he, he might not be able to hit the broad side of a barn on offense at times. But, like, dude's 20. It's okay. He's evolving. Like, he needs the reps to get better. And,. I don't know. Like I hope, I just hope that they don't trade him because that would be awful. Like that's just illogical. It's just not how you team build. It's, it's. I'm at a loss of words. I, yeah, and it's not like you have like some world beater. Like you know, there there are different scenarios where, you know, 
um, I can't think of one like offhand, but you know, you trade a guy who people perceive to be good because you have uh, because you have like better players behind him or or a good young player behind him who you want to improve or something like that. It's not like that at all. It's like to you know it's Trey to, Burke and Emmanuel Moutier. <laughs> fucking play Emmanuel Moutier. Like, oh man. Frank Nielkin has twenty points tonight. For the record. Um, I think I think this is a career high. This is a career high. Um, so he gets that's the that's the good takes bump right there. The three I've ever. straight two DNPs, and all of a sudden, oh, he's got eighteen, which is a career high. But I just read the no, no, no. Someone mistakenly said twenty. All right, so he's got eighteen career high. Like yeah. Dude is so good. He's doing it against the Hornets, which is Billy Hernan Gomez's team. So this is pulling out all my heartstrings right now. I'm super. We might have to cut the pod just so I can watch this. Yeah, have it. Take a little break. <laughs> Come back at twenty. No, like I just. It would be so typical Knicks to cry for the young player, get the young player, wait a year and a half, and then trade him because you think he stinks. That's like prototypical peak Knicks. That's it, right there, in a nutshell. Yeah, and and that's a. Uh, I think that a lot of people have this. Uh, maybe not like young people. It might be more like a national uh, sports radio type deal. But uh, you know, people are like, "Oh, you can't like tank like in New York City. Like the Knicks can't tank." Like I think that that's like bullshit. If you have like some inspiring young players, and you know, just like a a team of players that people want to see whether they're good or not. I think that the, of course you can do that. It's like, you don't have to go full like hanky process on it where you just have like a team of G leaguers, but you can be like a bad team that is preparing for the future and stuff like that. It's just, it's just, it's just very silly. And to just go out and then trade, we can, you know, presumably trade Frank. It's just, uh, not something that that I would be doing. I'm sorry, Frank just bullied the crap out of Billy Hernan Gomez, and I think Billy flopped, and now I'm very conflicted. Um, yeah, oh no, that was Kaminsky. Never mind, different tall white. Yeah, like it's just, man. I'm... Wow, you 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 just confused. I, just, uh, I, just, uh, I mean, you know, you know. He's not a mayo boy like Frank. Like, geez, ew, man. He just stopped Tony Parker at the rim. This is amazing. I'm sorry. We're I'm, just, I'm totally the soul pod is just going to be like a play by play of Frank. It's going to be awesome. We're going to have like four people listen to it. Man, if you're still here, thank you. It's been 20 minutes. Yeah, we, we really appreciate it. Um, all right. So let's take a look at the league from afar here. Uh, who, who has surprised you the most? And I, I will stop waxing poetically about Frank, and I will stop tearing up about Frank as well. Uh, the biggest surprise has to be has to be Houston. It just there's no way it can't be Houston. They're 14th in the West right now. Now I know that 14. So, like the Pelicans are 12th in the West, and they're 14 and 14, which is like 500, which is like not a bad team by any means. But the Rockets are 11 and 14 right now. Which is just crazy. I don't like. However, you want to like slice it. Whether you thought they were going to take a step back this year or not, that is crazy. They've been actively bad. Absolutely. Who could have seen this coming? That's what I have to say. 
<laughs> Take your uh, your slight victory lap. I was like, we should have all known, all of us should have known that Chris Paul was going to not be worth this contract. I'm not I'm not faulting Daryl Moy for giving this contract because he literally has to. If you trade for Chris Paul, you have to re-sign him. That those are the rules. Um, but he has not been worth his contract one bit, not one bit. No, yeah, he he's been and, he's been bad for sure. Like it seems to me, like it's crazy that, and it, it was like this with Luca, right? NBA Twitter seems to mostly get things right when it comes to certain aspects of of like team building, right? Like we all knew that Luca was going to be the best player. We all thought that Jaron Jackson would also be the best player. Those two things have been true. Um, and we all knew that the Rockets losing Ariza and Mbamute were going to hurt that team severely. Not to this extent. Like we weren't all like, okay, he's like, they're going to be under 500 through 25 games. We didn't think that. But we did know that that would take them a step back dramatically, and like that's what they're doing. Like, they they can't. They're just not getting things out of the wings. Like Eric Gordon can't shoot most nights. Um, James Harden's still James Harden, but like he's kind of out of shape, but still putting up the same numbers. And then you know Chris Paul has has been awful, and and Capella hasn't been the same. And like just through all these injuries and whatnot, like they just kind of lack the depth, and they. They're just not very good through through 25 games. Like, this is a decent sample size. Yeah, it's uh, – and on top of that, they don't have the – not just that they don't have resources to get better, but their problems are – it's not like if you – you know, if you're missing a piece on the wing or something, you could, like, acquire a player who can improve that if – CP3 is just washed. Like, there's no, there's no way to just be like, all right, well, let's fix this problem. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, yeah, it's, it's kind of very troubling. And like, I'm sure we all kind of think that they will go on some type of run, like they'll win what, like, 12 out of 15 or something at some point, and get in the middle of the pack there in the West. Would that, I mean, would that stun really anybody at this point? No, I don't think so. Just because their top end talent uh, is obviously very good, but it's you know they 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 better start soon. You know what I mean? Like yeah, better. Like, it's crazy. Um. All right. So as far as me, when it comes to surprises, I I'm stuck between. I didn't think the Milwaukee Bucks would be this good. I did think that they would be good, but I didn't think Giannis would turn into 2001 Shaq in the paint, um, which has been absolutely incredible i think he averages or he did at least a week and a half ago 18 points per game in the paint only which is like rivals peak shack and um the clippers the clippers are pleasantly surprising i was just yeah i was just gonna just gonna say that uh doc rivers doing one heck of a job out there and like who's their best player tobias harris and they're yeah. seven games over 500 through how they uh through 25 games as well um Gallinari's been Montreal Harrell. It's been really good. Like they just have all role players. Their whole roster is role players. And and they're just all succeeding. Like Doc's just doing a really good job. Um, and it's not like last year where like Lou Williams is just playing out of his skin. It's like they're getting like positive contributions top to bottom. They're just a very 
they are just a very, very impressive team. And also, I will take a, a victory lap on my boy, Shay, because he is very good. And it's hard to, like, watch him play. And he, now obviously, like, he does put up good stats and stuff like that. But if you watch him play, he's just always, and this is going to sound like very, uh, it's going to sound like I'm just making excuses for a guy that I like, which I guess you could say it is, but he's always in the right spot. He just makes the right decisions. He's just a good player. Like, it's hard to look at him and be like, and not think, like, wow, this kid is going to be, like, a good player in the league for a long time. You know what I mean? Like, he's just very, very good. Yeah, he's he's the guy that I ruffled some feathers with when I said that I think the Knicks drafted the wrong Kentucky kid. Um, they took Knox, and I think Shea's better and probably will be better. I think he's kind of like he's kind of the perfect point guard. Like he's got length, he's got size, he knows what he's doing. He's not gonna be, you know, he's not gonna be Dame, Steph, Kyrie, what, what have you, when it comes to the offense. But he's like really good. Yeah, he just he just makes the right play, and he is just he's just impressive. Like very good defender already. Not to say he's like a lockdown guy, but uh, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, I will I will add on to the Frank Love just for a moment. Uh, per our uh, per our boy Doc in the chat, uh, Neil Aquina is a plus two in a game where the Knicks are down twenty, and everyone else on the team has a negative plus minus. <laughs> yeah, let's trade that guy. He is a sunk cost in years. Gotta get, gotta get rid of him. There is. No, just gotta dump his salary. Keeping him, absolutely none. Use him to, you know, attach him to Tim Hardaway Jr. and let's call it a day. Get off that contract. That's amazing. I'm looking at it right now. Also, Noah Vonley has ten rebounds and nine assists. Noah Vonley. Noah Vonley, good player. Good player. Stupid of the Knicks to not get him for anything more than one year. But this is my last Knicks comment. That's it. I'm I'm, I'm out on on. Them for the rest of the pod. This is the Good Takes Knicks <laughs> podcast. Hey man, I haven't had much Knicks to talk about until. That's the... very true. That's very true. <laughs> Hasn't been much since the summer, man. Um, so yeah, I guess. Uh, I guess we kind of handle disappointments with the Rockets. We were going to do surprises and disappointments, but the Rockets kind of fit both of those bills, unfortunately for them. Another uh, another pleasant surprise, I'd say, is uh, the Grizzlies. Yeah. They've been, they're, they're kind of the, the... I mean, they were so, like, unbelievably unhealthy last year. But it's just like, oh, okay, like, when Marcus Gasol and Mike Conley are playing, they're good players, and they're going to be, like, positive impacts on a team and contribute to winning basketball. And also, it helps that they drafted the second best player in the draft. That is a big help. I didn't. I really didn't think Conley was going to be this impactful. Like I, I underestimate him, and that's why he's been perpetually the most underrated player in the NBA for like twelve years now. Um, Conley's really good, and Marcus All still really good. I was I was writing off Marcus All last year when they lost what twenty two out of twenty three games or whatever that stretch was. It was something like that. And I was like, Marcus All can't be that good if they're losing this often. Um, and just a quick another pleasant surprise. I think the Sacramento Kings 
De'Aaron Fox is really taking a step. Uh, De'Aaron has been the man. Uh, I don't even know who's really been successful for the rest of that lineup, but they're they're over 500 through 25 games, and I don't think many, if anybody, really expected that. The Kings, who were kind of the butt end of people's jokes because they had a really odd roster construct, like they have a bunch of power forwards and like point guards, somehow, some way, they're doing things. And, uh, yeah, Bogdanovich is good, and Bielitz is good. And I think Willie's pretty good, too. But yeah, they just have a... Uh, usually, usually, most improved player does not go to a second-year player, but I think that... I legitimately think that De'Aaron... You know, he's probably not going to win the, win the award because of the reasons that I just mentioned, but if you want to just talk about who is the most improved player like the player who has improved the most it is probably him because he was dreadful last year and he's been awesome this year yeah he's he's been very good surprise um so i think that's all i have for disappointment disappointment surprises you want to move on to uh, the listener questions sure sure all right so we have at lawyer Barack, is that how you say his name? Yeah, it's Lawyer Barack. All right. So lawyer one. underscore Barack is a buddy of mine I went to school with. All right, so I'm going to lob this one to you because it's definitely inside your realm. Uh, gotcha. What are your favorite NBA World Cup or World Football comps? And he lists his, uh, which are Messi and Steph, which is which you know like the scoring and the gravity. Uh, undersized, which I think is a great one. That's messy and stuff. I think is probably like one of the number ones. Uh, he lists uh, N'Golo Conte and Draymond, Ronaldo and LeBron just being a beast, and then Neymar and Harden. I think that uh, Neymar and Harden is an interesting one. I also think that uh, my boy Harry Kane has a little bit of uh, of Harden in him as well because he just has like. Uh, and Trey, that's like the guy that I like sent you last week, and I was like, "Would you believe that he's like one of the best like strikers in the world?" And you were like, "Get the fuck out of here!" <laughs> he <laughs> because like just a regular, regular, regular like a farmer, <laughs> just a yeah, um, just because he has that like I don't know what the word is like lack of athletic look. Like if you just were to see him like walking down the street, you would not think like, "Oh, that's like one of the best like players in the world." Yeah, he's like uh, just a really average looking. He just looks like the guy who you see walking down the street. Like that's right, what he and like. not to say that Harden is just like looks like a normal dude, but like you know, not like, like a normal you know MVP or whatever. He's got like the, you know like the bit of like the huskier build, and he like doesn't have like kind of like what we we're talking about with Luca. Like doesn't blow you away with athleticism or anything like that. Um, yeah, I thought I think the ones that uh, he listed are really good. I think that Draymond and Conte is like an interesting one. I think that Draymond has a little bit of like uh, like Luis Suarez in him as well, just kind of like uh, like making the right play and just has like a bit of like a bit of like shitheadness to him, which uh, <laughs> you know that's more like personality wise, but uh, not to say as a person he's a shithead, but just like on the court, you know, has like a bit of a. Uh, you know, just like a nastiness to him and stuff like that. But yeah, I think the, that the ones he listed are pretty good, and those are those few uh, I would add as well. I would go uh, Christian Pulisic, American great is Michael Jordan. Agreed. Um, totally. And I think Freddie Adu is LeBron. <laughs> um, those are my two. That's hey, I'm not gonna argue with you. <laughs> Noted soccer fan, mate. Here I am. 
We also have uh, another question from uh, our boy AC at AC Spotlight. Shout out, shout out AC Spotlight. He do a big things. He got a lot of podcasts coming out right now. That's, that's right. That's the homie. Yeah, at AC Spotlight ninety five. Which player that the Sixers could target via trade without giving up something substantial on the roster? Would you think, in both of your opinions, would upgrade the team and put them on par with Toronto and Boston? Um, I'm not really sure that there's someone who would just like put them on par with Toronto uh, without giving up something substantial. But I think that, and interestingly enough, we had the report from Woj tonight come out about Ariza. Are you going to do Trevor Ariza? Yeah, was that? Was that? Uh, I mean, he's like, he, I feel like he's like the. He's like the trade guy this year. The guy that every everyone wants to trade for Ariza because it's like, ah, you know, he's old. Like, maybe you can get him for cheap. And I guess if, like, everyone's thinking that, maybe that's not actually true. Yeah, and the, Sun, and the Suns are just trash, man. They, like, they are they indeed. They have nothing to play for. So, yeah, that's that was going to be mine. Um, I'm trying to think of if I can come up with somebody off the top of my head. Uh, would, like... Uh, this is gonna be like a Damari Carroll. He's got one year left in Brooklyn. Brooklyn, like they're ten and eighteen or whatever. I don't think they're really gonna be playing. They're probably, they'll probably ship off some of these guys. Do you think Damari Carroll could help? Or I think Alan he Crabb? I think he helps. Not Alan Crabb. No, definitely not Alan Crabb. Um, I think he helps, but not like to to put them on par. Like I think that that's a uh, that's a tall task to like get someone who puts you on par with those teams without giving out someone substantial. So I guess Ariza would be the one that I would say. But uh Maybe maybe Bravo Lopez. I don't know what Chicago's gonna do with him. Like do you think Chicago would probably come off Robin Lopez pretty easily, right? Get him beat some Yeah, definitely. Time off the court because they, they do need a backup five. Points. He played yeah, I'll go. yeah, that's it that's that's not bad. I'll go Robin Lopez. They need a big or like a Bobby Portis or something. One of, one of Chicago's excess bigs, because, I mean, they got decisions that they have to make, too. I think that's reasonable. Uh, from our boy Legs at Leg Sanity, <laughs> if you had to be locked in a cage for a month, what one thing would you want with you? Uh, is, like, JJ Redick. Is, is, like, food? Is, is, like, am I, do I have food with me, or is that something that I need to, like, food and drink? key. Yeah, that, hey, the key. you got to stay in there for a month, so I don't know if the key is like is like helping you that much. That's true. I could I unlock the door. I yeah, get some fresh air. I don't know. It's it's a. Uh, it's a fake word. I guess food. Food has to yeah. be the. Uh, I would like a DVD player. Yeah, I mean, my, like my phone, but then like I don't have like an outlet, so like, do I have like a, you know what I mean? Like that's not really gonna help me out much. I just like. I'll text people until my phone dies. That's not really going to do me much good. You can refresh Twitter once every 36 hours. Torture. Um, moving on to the real Mike Bradley. Where did the Jay-Z Troy Aikman tweet really originate? Um, my head. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Trey came up with that. I'm almost certain. Thanks thanks for asking, Mike. Uh, dear friend. Uh, that must have just been his like clever way of just congratulating you on a nice, good original content tweet there. It's like him saying weird flex, but okay, in a in a question. Yeah, so, agreed. That, that's fine. Thanks, Mike. Uh, so, Rob Lopez, how washed is CP3? Have we reached the rinse cycle yet? Buddy, we are. Yeah. CP3's in the dryer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Makes you feel bad almost. Like, oh. You hate to see a nut puncher just really fall off the cliff real fast. Um, 
No, I, I, I've kind of really had the theory that Chris Paul is just too small. Like, it sucks. It's a terrible thing. Um, people under six foot three apparently do not really age well in the sport of basketball. Can't relate. Um, yeah, Chris Paul, like, he just Couldn't overextends himself. He, <laughs> he, he overextends himself for full seasons and then the playoffs. And, like, I, I just kind of feel like his body can't take it. Like, he seems to gas out, not by choice every playoffs like it's a hamstring like these knickknack injuries and it's like all right like can he, can he really sustain this um maybe this is his way of trying to pace himself or maybe he's just bad now. <laughs> trying to pace himself let me just be bad for four months and then i'll be good again <laughs> let me play at 45 percent for a whole season so i can save it all for the playoffs from our boy Adam at Sixers Adam, NBA player most likely to abandon you while you're locked inside of a cage. I nominate. Bomba. <laughs> no bomb is just uh like he's just gonna like <laughs> laugh awkwardly and just hope the situation uh goes away. He's gonna pray it's in New York so he could just attribute it to the city. I nominate uh the entire Chicago Bulls roster because they uh, quit on their coach after like. Like, that was okay. a wild story. <laughs> it was absolutely wild. Uh, um, from our boy Vibish, what do I do when NJ just moved here and know like seven people? You just come to Vineland and hang out, dude. Come hang. My recommendation would be to move. Thank you. Wow, that's fucked up. <laughs> that is messed up. He's trash, man. I've driven through it a couple times. Before. Oh, yeah. So I'm sure that, that gives you a, uh, a, a well-versed... Uh, yeah. That's, gives it's you... dope. You don't have to get out of your car to pump gas. That's cool. Yeah, like I went and got gas uh, before we recorded this, and it was cold, and I stayed in my car and kept the heat on. Well, I mean, I turned my car off when I was getting gas, but it was still, you know. That's respectable. Yeah. Boy K Bizzle, three one one, Underground Philly Sports Network, Philly Network. What's it? What's uh, Underground it? Sports Philadelphia. Yep. Okay, yeah. Uh, Will the Sixers bringing back Vucevic a trade potentially disrupt the process space time continuum? Was okay. So as I understand it, as the non-process guy, I'll go a little first here, so you can just call me out for facts. Was Vucevic there when the process started? So. Vucevic was a part of the Bynum trade, which, I mean, it's not, like, it's not the process per se, but it also is, I mean, there's a lot of ways that you can, uh, that you can look at this and say that, like, if, if they don't trade for Bynum and then he, you know, fucks his knee up and goes bowling and, and mega fucks his knee up, then the process probably doesn't happen. Even if Bynum plays 40 games that year and is solid, they probably just run it back or something like that. Then it's just a so yes, I would say that that would definitely uh, disrupt the uh, space time continuum. Are you are you watching what's going on in this football game right now? What the fuck just happened there? No, I was watching the Knicks garbage time oh. for some reason. The Bears like I'm, I'm gonna the give you, I'm gonna give you a play by play. The Bears like did some wild shit. They like lined up like they were gonna punt on fourth and one. And then just had their whole fucking team run like Wait, I just saw that. run they off the field the and field. then brought the offense back on. But one of them knocked down one of the referees, so they like uh, 
they, the Rams basically get a free timeout. They basically got a free timeout, and they just reset the play clock because one of the players ran into the referee. I don't even know what the fuck just went down there. They just punted anyway. That was wild. It looked like they, like, just completely, like, finessed the shit out of the, uh, like, Rams there. They were not expecting that at all, but, of course, one of their players just had to run into the ref, and then they were just... Yeah. My Bears. Your Bears. I did say that Bears plus one and a half first half spread was a lock. And here they are, <laughs> six with a minute and a half left. Um, all right, next, next, next. Matt Castorina, at Matt Castorina. Which contract signed in the summer are already looking regrettable? That was a tough one. Safe to say that CP3 um, might be one of them. <laughs> I've, long, I've long and often said... Um, yeah, like, is the man? I don't outside of the Chris Paul because I think that was just utter trash. Uh, who else is kind of like a candidate here? Uh, so I think that there are. Uh, I mean, I think that the Lakers might have uh, you know like three of the top five potentially. Uh, <laughs> like, they. Uh, yeah, I think that. Uh, Doug McDermott looks like hot trash, like more or less like he always has. Uh, and he got signed for three years, which is not fruitful. Um, Will Barton, I think that I, I'm higher on Will Barton than most people, but it's like, and it's also tough because he got hurt like right away too. But so that's like, I don't know. That's kind of tough. Um, Does Carmelo Anthony count? Uh yeah I mean yeah why how would it how would it not or wait did, no he got traded didn't he he got traded waved and then signed okay okay yeah yeah signed for yeah oh yeah then uh, I mean dude he's not with the team anymore I think that, I think that if any deal counts that would be one of them um and then another one I would uh say is the uh, Nurkic deal and I don't think Nurkic is bad but I also think that like just re-upping uh four years with him is uh is just not like not an ideal situation. Also, Dwight Howard going to the Wizards because the Wizards are like... Oh, yikes. Yeah, I forgot. Yeah, I forgot. They're, they're a forgettable team, my friend. Oh, man. Um, Michael Carter-Williams. The uh, Trevor Reza play. But, like, there's also kind of not really bad one-year deals. Yeah. There's also not... There's no good one-year deals. There's no bad one-year deals except if it's Jeff Green. Or Carmelo. Or, Carmel, or Carmelo. <laughs> Those are the two exceptions. We named them. Wow. Name them both. All right. Uh, you, go on. I was just going to say, do you think DeAndre Jordan is going to be worth his contract by the end of it? Uh, I think that uh, he is like a case of a, there's no such thing as a bad one-year deal because he is a productive player. And also, and this is something I was going to mention when we were talking about Luca earlier. Uh like, you could tell, like, in the preseason, like, the first time Luca threw a lob to DeAndre, he was like, oh, shit, man. They they don't make guys like this in Europe, man. Like, this is awesome, dude. He just, like, gets, like, half a step on a defender, like, throws the ball up, like, anywhere in the echelon of the rim, and DeAndre slams it down. He's like, oh, dude, this is sick. Like, like, what the hell? Yeah. And I almost want to nominate Zach Levine, but I he's been he's, he's been solid though. Not worth it. Yeah, like but yes, he he's not a four year like whatever would you get four years eighty million. Yeah. Yeah. So, bottom line, not many, not many guys. Chris Paul and 
that's mostly it. Yeah. Uh, moving on to uh, Evan at East Scrimshaw. Likelier to miss the playoffs at this point. Houston, Utah, or Washington. It's got to be Washington, right? Just because they fucking yeah. suck. It's like the East is way easier to make the playoffs, but and like they like record wise, like they're on they're they're in tenth in the East, and you know you got like what some would call like bad teams in front of them, like the Magic and stuff like that. Whereas the Rockets are in 14th in the West, but I just believe in their talent and their ability to like not be like a shitball of a team more than Washington. And they're also two and a half games out of the playoffs right now. Like as 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 many jokes as we like to give them, they are literally two and a half games out of. The yeah, season. that's that's what I was saying earlier, dude. It's like crazy. They're like yeah. 11 and 14. Like 11 and 14 in the East is they would be. The ninth seed, they would be a half game out. You know what I mean? It's just crazy to think about it. Like, dude, it, like the the 13th through just one moment here. I'm not gonna like go too far on this, but the 13th through 15th seeds in the West at this juncture on Sunday night is truly hilarious. You have the Spurs at 12 and 14, the Rockets at 11 and 14, and then the Suns at 4 and 22. <laughs> it, yeah, it's. Just looking at the West, it's like, all right, here's 14 teams that are in it, and there's the Phoenix Suns. It's like the Warriors and the Thunder, then there's like 10 or 11 like, like solid teams and the Suns. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. So crazy. Uh, speaking of the Suns, nice little uh, natural segue there uh, into our next question from at uh, the underscore four-point play. Who made the biggest mistake in the NBA draft, Suns, Kings, or Atlanta? Um, I think it's gotta be, like, can we give, like, a tie to, like, the Suns and the Kings? Because Atlanta, like, at least, we, you know, we talked about how we wouldn't be the team that traded Luka, but at least, like, the, you could see their, like, uh, their vision. Yeah, like, maybe, and, and if you weren't, like, a fan of Luka, then at least you're, you know, I think you might be, like, a total idiot for that, but you at least are getting something else in return. You're getting that next pick and you're getting a guy that you believe in. Whereas like the right. Suns and the Kings, it's like, okay, we'll just take these, like these two guys. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, like, I mean, the other thing is though, Atlanta, like at least they got hurt <coughs> and they got Omari Spellman. You know what I mean? Like they obviously messed up by trading the pick that became Luca or Luca's draft rights, whatever you want to classify it as. But like, they got two other guys who I think could be pretty decent. And I know that's not really the question, but it still counts towards their overall draft. Um, and also the Suns, uh, the Suns made, you know, Michael obviously looks like a positive player, but I don't think many people were fans of the, the Zaire Michael trade when it first happened. Right. But yeah. But yeah, I'm going to go, I'm going to go with the Kings just because like, I think Marvin Bagley is fine, but there's two guys I would rather have taken over him, and especially if you're going to take a big, I will classify Marvin as a big like right. four. Um, just take Jaron Jackson. It's just what they need is another four on their team. I think they just needed one more to, to even out the roster there. Uh, and then finally, from uh, from the official doctor of the Good Takes Dynasty League. Uh, and the Good Takes podcast. And the Good Takes. Yeah, 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 doctors, yeah so. that's very true. Um, he's going to di- uh, diagnose both of us with thoracic outlet syndrome. Um, 
I, <laughs> we always went a full pod without bringing up anything Mark Hilfel. Hey, I didn't I didn't make any jokes or anything like that. I felt I felt like I did pretty good today. Uh, at NJK uh, NY31, which teams will Cornelly and Hardaway be on after the trade deadline? Uh, Hardaway's Hardaway gonna be a yeah, Hardaway's gonna be a Nick, I think. And Cornelly Lee goes. I that's a really good question. I don't know. I would have guessed Philly. Does he have another? Does he have another year on his deal like after this one? If he does, I, I want no parts of that. I think he might. I'm gonna look that up while you talk. Um, no, I have it right here. He's an unrestricted free agent in 2020. Yeah, so he's he will not be a sixer. I want no parts of that. Yeah, I'm not going to be paying $13 million to 34-year-old Courtney Lee. That is not something that my franchise would be doing. 33. It'll be 33-year-old Courtney Lee. Don't worry. That's fine. 34-year-old. I see where you draw the line at 34, but it's 33. Um, That doesn't make make me feel any better. (laughs) It's like, oh, all right, fine. Um. Cordy Lee might unfortunately be a Nick because I don't think people are going to want to give up cap space to him. Like, I don't know, would would Houston take him at this point? If if Eric Gordon keeps struggling, do they just say, hey, maybe Courtney Lee's a better version of him? Um, maybe. Houston's got, like, the, I don't know. If if Courtney Lee is the answer to your question, you're you've, you're asking the wrong question. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's like, true. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's got to be some contender, um, or quasi-contender. Yeah, like, yeah, no, no, that's certainly right. Um, and maybe the Lakers. Like, OKC, if Roberson's out longer than they think? Yeah, I think Roberson might be, like, fucked. Like, after that report that he had a, uh, uh, was it a I don't know if they classified it as, like, a setback or something, but I, I if, if I remember the tweet from Officer Royce correctly... I want to say that uh, he had like another, uh, like, another setback. I just don't know. Like another, yeah. This is on November thirtieth. Andre Roberson has knee setback. Will miss six more weeks. Which that just sent like uh, had another setback. I don't know. I feel like if you have another setback, oh, he'll be reevaluated. Yeah, reevaluated in six weeks. That's like that's like you're fucked basically. That's like like oh, what that means that's... essentially. And this was at, this was on the 30th of November, so a week ago, like, it's only been, like, a week and a half, yeah, so he's gonna get reevaluated, like, in the middle of January, yeah, that's just, like, bad news. Yeah, Yeah, do you, I don't, I mean, I don't see the incentive for the Knicks, but do you think the Knicks could get, like, Roberson in a first from the Thunder for Courtney Lee, if, if? Roberson's really just not gonna be playing. I could see that, just like another like able body on the wing, because they don't really have they have like just a bunch of like guys who are just solid. Yeah, they have like Ferguson and Abrinas and stuff like that. Those are not wings that are gonna like contribute to like high level basketball. Hmm, I wonder if the Bucks would have been in on him if they didn't get George Hill yesterday or two days ago or whatever. Classic Knicks, not thinking fast enough, you know. The- Courtney Lee has been on the trading block for a year. Yeah, like now. like three months after he signed his deal. They're like, oh, man. <laughs> yeah. And, like, dude doesn't play in the same um, place for very long. and He's very intriguing. Um, yeah, there, it doesn't seem like I'm going through the trade machine live as we speak, and, like, I don't really see a team that 
could fit with him that I think would would make a move for him. Courtney Lee might be on like the first team of like players who the idea of them is better than like they actually are. You know what I mean? Yeah, that makes sense. It makes a lot of sense. It's like oh, like Courtney Lee, you know, like three and D guy. Like yeah, dude. And it's like oh, actually, <laughs> actually that's not really what it is. <laughs> He deserves better. He doesn't deserve to be stuck in uh, New York for this entire tenure. Shout out to him. Get out. I was like, even, I was thinking maybe the Jazz, and now looking at the Jazz contracts, they don't really have anything to trade for him. Like, I don't think the Knicks would take Jay Crowder and Thabo. That, I mean, that's to make the salaries match. But, yeah. Uh, there's really so. not much out here for young Court, not so young Courtney. Yeah, well, uh, did you did you do a one time? I know we didn't talk about it, but I I have a, like a quick one. If you uh, go ahead, let me see if I could conjure one up there. Uh, yeah, so uh, and it's interesting that we just talked about soccer in one of our questions. Uh, yesterday, Manchester City and Chelsea played uh, in the Prem. Uh, Chelsea won. It was Manchester City's first loss in. I don't know, seems like six years or something like that. And uh, Raheem Sterling, who is an uh, England international Manchester City player, uh, who is, uh, uh, he's black, and he gets a lot of, like, racial ab- racial abuse uh, from uh, The Sun, which is, like, a, an English paper, and uh, The Daily Mail, uh, you know, just, like, targeted for basically no reason. Uh, there's a video of him getting, like, racially abused, uh, when he was going, like, he was picking the ball up uh, out of bounds for a throw-in, and there was a video of a Chelsea uh, a Chelsea fan who was, like, racially abusing him. And uh, it's just almost become, like, second nature in football for that to happen, and it's just not acceptable at all. Um, and football fans in general just need to be better. Uh, it's gross and no one should really have to put up with that and Raheem Sterling is like an absolutely like incredible individual if you ever you know what I mean like see the stuff that he does he's like a very very like positive person and does a lot of good and doesn't obviously deserve that at all and uh it's just like kind of like fucked up and I just think that like football fans in general need to be better so it's not really like a uh something to you know, check out or anything like that. It's just really a, uh, you know, just football fans in, in general just need to be better. It's like a, no one, no one deserves to put up with that. And yeah, that's more or less, that's it. Wow, that was serious. Yeah. For a full on joking podcast, it's nice to get serious at times. Um, that actually means a lot. Um, so shouts to you on that story. Um, on a very less serious note, I've become a candle guy in the last week or so. I uh, stopped gambling. It's nice. Got to save money for the holidays. And I, I don't know, I just light candles a lot now. It's cool. I like candles. Very relaxing. Heard that. Heard that. Yeah, dude. That's like way less, not as good as mine, dude. Uh, yeah. <laughs> candles are great. Racism is... Uh, and those are good takes. Yeah. Um, you have anything else you want to add before we sign off here? Uh, no. Bears covered the first half spread. That's right. The week, as I called it. You did. They're tied at six. 
with the Rams, the high-powered Rams, my Bears. Here we are. No doubt. Uh, one thing I will I will add, you know, anyone out there who's fans of the podcast, you listen, go uh, go throw us an iTunes review, or uh, you know, come on, like it's the least you can do. You know what I'm saying? Doesn't take that long. Just a quick little, on- well, only if you're gonna leave us five stars, though. You know what I'm saying? I feel like I feel like we deserve that. You know, not to like gas us or anything like that, but you know, come on, let's let's get real here. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. Sounds good. Yeah. And again, only if you if you're gonna leave one that's not five stars, you can just uh, tweet it at us, and we'll we'll yeah we'll we'll take the uh, we'll we'll take action on that. Uh, yeah. But uh, other than that, we'd like to thank you guys for listening. Uh, for Trey Teamer, I'm Ryan Jones, and we will see you guys next time. Later, dude. Peace. That was good. I liked it. Thank you.